What do all these things have in common? Andouille? Bratwurst? Chorizo? Italian? Breakfast? Oh, come on, Melissa. You're making me hungry. We know those are all sausages. <laughs> That's right. There's even a new sausage that we discovered, a new-to-us sausage, on our way home from driving through Louisiana. Do you remember what it was called? Well, it uh, it looks like it's spelt one way, but they say boudin or boudin. You have to have a or real boudin. thick. You need a real thick Louisiana accent to get it right. But yeah, boudin, I think, is what people would say. Yep, and we saw billboards for it along the highway, and we had to actually look it up because we were like, "What is that?" And so it turns out it's a sausage with rice in it. And you know, sometimes it actually has gator as a, a meat. There's gator boudin or boudin. Oh snap! Yeah. <laughs> This is All Things Together. Together. So I bet you wonder why we're talking about sausages. Let me just put a little disclaimer right up front. You're going to get hungry this episode because we do talk a lot about sausages all the way through. And it's due to it's Reformation Month. Yeah, that's right. And we have quite an episode for you this month, full of sausages. And at the very end is a brand new As Told by Little's podcast theater about Swiss reformer Ulrich Zwingli and the illegal sausage supper he attended. This idea that hardworking men are forced to not eat meat during the 40 days of Lent is just not found in the Bible. Yes, but it's the law. I mean, you could get arrested and put in the slammer. Besides, it's a way to show commitment, discipline, and get closer to God. But God's word is higher than the law of the church. That is one of my favorite stories from the Reformation. We'll also be talking about what those sausages had to do with freedom in Christ. And to help us better understand that, we'll be joined in just a moment by writer and blogger Samuel Say, who honestly was such a great pleasure to meet and to talk with. And guess what? He and his wife are expecting a baby any day now. Any hour. Man, God is sovereign over everything. It yeah. gives me confidence that I don't have to be worried about how am I going to provide for this child? How am I going to do all these things? God is going to take care of it. He's, you know, he's sovereign. I'm not sovereign, <laughs> but he is. And we want to just encourage you to stick around to the very end where we'll share some details with you about how to win some really cool Reformation theme prizes. So before we go into Samuel's interview, we wanted to talk with our kids about reformers specifically. They have all grown up celebrating Reformation Day all their lives because Troy and I started Reformation Night at our church 16 years ago. I was a week away from delivering our first Jackson. And you were you were great with child. <laughs> I was great with child and my ankles were so swollen and I was so tired. But now I have no regrets in starting that event at our church. Yeah, we have no regrets at all. In fact, we've seen so many children benefit from learning about church history and the Reformation. And we have a hunch our kids have learned a lot, too. So, kids, let's talk about the Reformers. Who's your favorite Reformer and why? I like York Zwingli and John Knox. I just feel like they're really strong men in the Reformation. And especially York Zwingli. He's not really focused on as much as Martin Luther is focused on or like John Calvin. What is it that you like about Zwingli, Owen? His love for scripture and for the Lord. That's good, Owen. Madeline, what about you? Well, I really like Lady Jane Grey because even though she was what, around 16 or 17 when she died, she was strong in the faith until the very end. Thank you. 
Okay, <laughs> Jackson. Davy Crockett was a reformer, right? <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> um, no! <laughs> I guess it's a little cliched, but I do really appreciate Luther. I like his boldness and his tenacity, although, of course, sometimes that could be a fault of his. And I also enjoy his sense of humor. Okay. Now, you guys all know that even though there's a lot that we can appreciate about these people, they were all just sinners saved by grace, right? Yeah. So we know they weren't perfect. And in fact, you can look at each one of these reformers, even Zwingli, and find things that maybe we wouldn't agree with them on, or maybe actions that they did that we wouldn't agree with. But why is it that they are still important for us to understand and to learn about? Because everybody has faults and actions that other people don't agree with, but they still have things that are God-glorifying that we can learn from. Jackson, what about you? Everybody is born in a state of sin, and everybody is a sinner, and everybody messes up. That doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who strive to do good things for Christ and have done plenty of things to further his kingdom. And there are plenty of people like that, like Luther and Calvin and Knox. And sure, you know, Knox may have been brash, and Luther may have had a bit of a temper, but they were all very strong men of God and who were God was working in them to sanctify and purify. Mm-hmm. We have to keep in mind that those men and women in the Reformation or any time in church history are just merely men and women. That's it. Yeah, but the amazing thing is that God, in his wisdom, saw fit to rescue people like you, Melissa, and like Mm -hmm. myself, and millions and millions, we pray billions and billions of Christians throughout history to use them for his glory. And so as we think about the Reformation Month, um, and we think about various reformers, obviously it's going to be a little messy as well. People were coming out of the Roman church. They had many rules and traditions that just simply were not biblical. And they were trying to sort through what does the Bible say about how to live as a Christian and and what is just man's traditions added on to it. Mm -hmm. So many of these men were trying to sort out things. And of course, it got complicated at times. Some did things in ways or acted in ways that we think we wouldn't have. But we can never be sure what we do in their shoes in the 16th century, specifically coming out of... Of the Roman church. And this makes me so thankful that we do have the scriptures and that the Bible alone teaches us how to live a godly life and what is right and wrong. And we don't have to look to traditions or all of the extra hoops that institutions have created that they say will get you closer to God. No, the best way to know God is to know his word and to hide it in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that the word of God does not change. We have seen the traditions of man and the laws of man change over time, but the word of God does not change. Amen. So now joining us from Ohio, a blogger and writer whose perspective we really appreciate, Samuel Say. Samuel, it was really great to meet you in person at the G3 conference last month, and we're just so glad you could join us here on the All Things Together podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, one of the highlights was truly getting to talk to you guys. Well, it's very kind of you. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and when we texted the photo that we took, you said that you and your wife had chatted about some of our movies that we made, and so that's that's pretty exciting for us. Yeah, I, I, I came back from the G3 conference, and I was talking to her about you guys, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she knows of you guys. She loves what you guys do. So Well, so th- this month we... It's Reformation Month, and um, yep. the the reformer that we've picked this month to kind of highlight is Ulrich Zwingli uh, and the sausage situation, which we're going to chat about in just a moment. But our kids wanted to chat with you before we dug into that a little bit about sausages in general. 
Jackson, you had a question for Samuel? I really like sausages, and I'm curious <laughs> if you like sausages and what your favorite kinds of sausages are. Oh, man. You guys saw me at the conference. I'm a big guy. I don't get, <laughs> I don't get to my size without loving sausages. Um, I love all kinds. My favorite is probably um, honey garlic. That's probably my favorite. But but I like I like everything. I can't I like it uh, spicy. I like I've never had a, a sausage I didn't like. I've always loved any kind of it. You give me any kind of meat, and I'm gonna enjoy it. So so. But yes, but honey garlic is my favorite. Okay, that's great, Madeline. You've lived in three different countries. How are sausages different there? Oh wow. Well, I never had a sausage. Uh, so I was born and raised in Ghana till I was ten years old. How, how old are you? Fourteen. 14. So I was a little, bit, a little bit younger than you when I came from Ghana to Canada. Ghana, we don't really eat that there. We don't really eat sausages there. Um, so when I, I first had sausages when I came to Canada and I was like, wow, what is this? This is amazing. I've never had it before. I've had, you know, it's not very prominent in West Africa or Ghana where I'm from. But in Canada and America, it's fairly similar. Uh, the meals are very similar, similar kind of sausages, um, except that I think Americans love it more than Canadians do. <laughs> I think it's much, there's more of a barbecue kind of culture here that is not quite as prominent uh, in Canada. Yeah. All right. Well, Owen has a, a question for you, a final question about sausages. Mm -hmm. What do you put on your sausages or eat with them? Oh, man. So I'm very particular about this. I love meat so much that I want to make sure that nothing dilutes the meat. Nothing <laughs> takes away from the meat. So I put almost nothing. All I do is I just have it in the, um, what is it? The, the, the bun. Um, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just put some hot sauce on it and that's well, mayonnaise on the bread and then hot sauce on the sausage. That's it. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. Everything else to me, dilutes it i am very particular about that <laughs> pure and simple right <laughs> yes yes nice and simple <laughs> that's great well i i have to say it's we've we've really started in a tasty direction and i'm i'm very grateful that <laughs> melissa came home yesterday with a bunch of sausages from uh, the Ooh. store so i think it was subliminal subliminal <laughs> because i didn't i didn't mean to Pick up a bunch of sausages, well, but I I'm have been I have been thinking of sausages lately. So I have an idea for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you kids want to say bye to Samuel? Bye. bye. I'm going. Bye, to guys. It was nice seeing you again. You're gonna have sausage for lunch? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so Samuel, some of our listeners might not know how you came to the Lord. Can you quickly share about your conversion and then the Reformation that took place in your own life? Mm, yes. So I was raised in a um, Assemblies of God church, which is a Pentecostal church, particularly, um, unfortunately, a lot of, not all Pentecostal churches, but a lot of those churches tend to be um, captured by the prosperity gospel. Mm. Uh, actually, in, mm -hmm. in Africa, um, the biggest, you know, religion um, out, you know, would be the prosperity gospel. Um mm -hmm. You know, in, in Ghana, all I knew, what I thought was Christianity was really just a word of faith, prosperity gospel from Benny Hinn and T.D. Jakes and Creflo Dollar and all these guys. So I grew up in that environment. And yet the gospel would be, um, my, my mom is a sincere believer. Uh, mm. She raised mm -hmm. me in in the, um, you know, she was actually uh, became a Christian through 
a Baptist preacher. So when I became a Baptist later on, she would always say, I knew the Baptist would show up again <laughs> somehow in this household. Um, but anyway, she raised me, you know, in, um, you know, with, with the gospel. And at a very early age, I knew that I wouldn't make it to heaven as I would see it just because of my mom. I knew that I had to become born again. Mm. But unfortunately, I loved my sins uh, so much that I didn't want to repent. But I knew I was a child of wrath. Um, so I just kept rejecting the gospel that I would hear occasionally, even at this prosperity gospel, Word of Faith Church. And then um, at 10 years old, I moved to Canada. We continue in similar churches, the prosperity gospel churches. Um, and then at 19, um, I was actually, I had come to a point where I was just burdened by mm. my sins. Mm. I, um, all these years of neglecting the truth, uh, wanting to dismiss the truth, uh, at a at a young adult, sorry at a young adult event um, where I was essentially forced to go by some of the youth leaders. I didn't want to go, but this youth leader just kept bothering me and pestering me. And I finally <laughs> said, "You know what? Just to shut you up, I'll go to this retreat. Leave me alone." And um, I found out later on that it was the, it was just the Holy Spirit prompting me to wow. go to this event because the very first night was a Friday night. I heard the gospel that I'd heard my entire life, um, but this time I believed. Um, I can't explain it. I just became a new person. I knew that I had to, um, uh, the God that I hated, I now loved the wow. sins that I loved. I now hated. Um, and you know, what was actually interesting about this was, it was the pastor who preached, um, the gospel that time. Well, yeah, it was basically, it was actually a female pastor and she's a false teacher. She is, wow. she taught a lot of heresy, but all she said was, Christ died for sinners. Wow. Hmm. And that was enough for me. And the Holy Spirit took those words and just said, boom, that's for you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So so um, that goes to show it is not based on my will. It is not based <laughs> on um, the person preaching necessarily. Of course, faithful preaching is very important, right? Yeah. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Nevertheless, the gospel um, being preached in that moment saved me. Uh, so then since I was raised in the Prosperity Gospel Church, um, after I, I was, even though I was raised again in the Christian home, I never really read my Bible. I remember when I came back from this retreat, I went to go find my Bible and it was dusty. Wow. And I remember just, you know, clearing off all the dust and reading it. And as I kept reading it about a year later, I realized, wait a minute, what I'm reading in the Bible and I'm, what I'm hearing from the church is not the same. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. One of these, one of these have to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And I knew of course, the word of God isn't wrong. It had to be from the church. So I ended up um, discovering people like Paul Washer, John MacArthur. Mm. And I realized that what they're teaching lines up with what the Bible right. is saying. And I real I learned what they were teaching was called reformed theology. Mm. I had no idea what it was, but I knew, yeah, that's what the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, we'll, I don't, we'll talk about the Catholic church, uh, in a second, or at least reformation, but it's interesting because I saw so many parallels between, um, what, what I was seeing and what was happening with the reformers in that, you know, scripture alone was clearly very neglected in the prosperity gospel. Right. It was very mm -hmm. rejected. They hated it. The sovereignty of God and salvation was very, very much also rejected. So I saw all these things, these doctrines that had been around for years and centuries and thousands of years that meant so much to me coming out of the prosperity gospel church. And that's, that's not only just in the prosperity gospel, Many in the broadly evangelical church today don't even realize the rich 
connection they should have with the Reformation 500 years ago, that the, there's a lack of sola scriptura, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, every Protestant church has its, whether it's Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian, Baptist, uh, whatever it is, has its roots in the Reformation. Unfortunately, many of us have lost that rich legacy we have in the Reformation. And mm. unfortunately, what, whether it comes to the issue of uh, really on any issue, a lot of Christians have neglected that scripture alone, the mm. Bible is sufficient. Every mm -hmm. single thing you need to know to obey God, to love yeah. God, to believe the gospel, yeah. you can find that in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's so true. And sadly, I think there are a lot of people, and I know I was one of those as well, that when Reformed theology was presented, it I thought, oh no, what is this? This this sounds crazy. This sounds wrong. But as I began to to study Scripture alone and what it taught mm -hmm. compared to mm -hmm. what I was hearing, it was totally different. How how would you encourage somebody who you know a lot of families listening to this podcast would have a kind of a reformed background, but we really want to reach all Christian families that would listen. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a adverse mind there, like oh no, they're talking about reformed theology. I just want to get to the the podcast theater. I just want them to talk about Jesus. What would you say, how would you summarize the Reformation in just a, a few words? Yeah, the Reformation is not a new thing. That's one of the things that so many people don't understand. A lot of people think that was just this new theology within the church, but it's not. It was a return to biblical theology. It was Amen. a return, uh, whether it was Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, um, Tyndale, they were all just going back to what did Augustine and the early church really believe? But more than that, what did the apostles, what Amen. did Christ, what did yeah. the prophets teach, right? Mm -hmm. What does the Bible teach? And I I know that you know, when I when I became reformed, in many ways, nothing changed because hmm. I was like, well, um, that's just what the Bible has been teaching. I just didn't understand. I just didn't mm -hmm. know how to articulate it, yeah. right? This is just a summary of what the Bible is saying. And you don't have to call yourself reformed. You don't have to call yourself a Calvinist even. You don't mm -hmm. have to do all that. But we have to believe that God cannot fail. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. If God wants to do something, and we know this, right? We pray. I mean, my prayer life <laughs> increased dramatically when I became reformed because I'm like, yeah, I do believe that God can do whatever he wills. Amen. I think it's uh, Psalm 103, 5, I think, which says that I am the Lord. I do whatever I please. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that is really just Reformed theology. We know that God is sovereign and that he is good to mm -hmm. his people. Amen. Amen. That's right. And I'd have to say, when I started learning about what that was, it answered all the questions that I had for a long time. And it took away burdens that mm -hmm. I had, mm -hmm. burdens that I had put on myself because I didn't understand. Now, I was a Christian, but I didn't understand that I didn't need to put those burdens on myself in order to live the Christian life. Mm -hmm. We know that we are burdened because we are broken and sinners and we are prone to put those man-made burdens on us and, and even laws in our own lives. That's what Luther struggled with. Calvin stood against it. And Zwingli preached against it. So what would you have to say for those bearing those unnecessary burdens today? Well, I think immediately of my of myself. When I became Reformed, um, I was deeply burdened. Um, hmm. So I grew up without, without a father. Um, my mom, being an amazing woman, uh, raised me on her own. Hmm. When I became Reformed, I saw that completely differently. 
I didn't see the, this as a disastrous accident hmm. that mm. God didn't have any control of. Hmm. I saw it as God's incredible um, sovereign grace, his providence, and his plan to say that Satan meant it for evil, hmm. but I am I am um, controlling this for good. Hmm. And I see how if my father had been around, my, my mom and I, would not have become the believers that we are today. I would not have become a Christian if my father was still around because because I became a Christian in Canada. My we had if my father was still around, we had, we wouldn't have been able to move to Canada so I would hear the gospel. Um, on top of that, I was struggling with assurance of, of salvation. I was deeply deeply burdened that it's all on me. I mm-hmm. have to do all these things so that I won't lose my salvation. I know I'm a sinner. I know that as the apostle Paul says in Romans 7, there's nothing good that dwells in me. Um the things that I want to do, I I fail to do and the things that I don't want to do, I do. Mm-hmm. So knowing that since God is sovereign and knowing that I didn't go to that retreat to become a Christian, I had no interest in becoming a Christian, (laughs) but God had other plans. And knowing that if God is able to change my will and save me and give me faith to make me born again, that I know that he also has the power since he is sovereign to remove the burden that I have over controlling my destiny, controlling my faith, and knowing that he is the one that will persevere, that will preserve me to the end. That as the Bible says um, in Philippians, um, um, he who began a good work in you will bring it into completion. It Mm -hmm. is all on him. Hmm. So when it comes to the burdens, we can just say God is in complete control. He is Mm -hmm. sovereign. We can go to him and knowing that if when we pray with him, and it's in accordance to his will, he will answer it for our good. And if he doesn't answer it, it's also for our good. Wow. It's honestly amazing how we could be Christians and have all those burdens that we put on ourselves. The Like you mentioned, not having an assurance of salvation. And I, I struggle with the same thing. I remember rededicating my life many times in my bed at night, you know, <laughs> just to be sure. Oh, oh I know all that. Just to be sure. well. <laughs> and we as Christians can live with those burdens. And then there's all the other burdens that happen mm. that are not in our control, but are in God's. And when you have this sovereign perspective of God over mm. time, it changes things. It changes your life. And that's honestly mm. why we do what we do at Five Souls Media yeah. is because mm. we want others to see God is sovereign over all, and he's been sovereign over all throughout time, including all these people who lived through church history and lived through all those hard times during the Reformation, the early church. They lived through so much, and God was sovereign, and he preserved them. And that's so important for other Christians to know, no matter their denomination, no matter where they're coming from, it's an encouragement. It absolutely is. One of the things... Reading church history is so important, which is why I appreciate what you guys do, because it really is a reminder of God's sovereignty, not just in our lives, but in history. Amen. Um, it's 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 quite remarkable. I'm actually going through right now. Um, I think it's Nick Needham's um, mm. um, history of the, of, the, of the church and just seeing God's providence mm. is just mm-hmm. brings me so much joy. And then it gives me assurance that since God is so sovereign, and we know this because the Bible says this, but since God is sovereign over all history, it means that he's also sovereign over all the little things in my life. Yeah. You know, all the little things, you know, right now my wife and I are about to have uh, a baby anytime right now. I just mm. actually finished the crib and everything. And I'm oh, just like, that's wow. exciting. 
Yeah, <laughs> took me. Uh, you know, I was a bit late in finishing it, but I finally got it done. <laughs> and I'm like, man, God is sovereign over everything. You know, yeah. it gives me confidence that I don't have to be worried about how am I going to provide for this child? How am I going to do all these things? God is going to take care of it. He's, you know, he's sovereign. I'm not sovereign, mm -hmm. but he is. Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm curious, you know, as we think about Zwingli um, standing up, he wasn't necessarily standing up against Lent as an activity, but he was saying, do not participate in this if you think it's going to gain you any favor with God. And that's really what the reformers were all about. There were a lot of man-made traditions that were yeah. being taught could either, one, earn salvation or buy salvation or gain you some sort of leg up with God. Um, as you think about maybe some of the young kids that are listening to this with their moms and dads, how would you encourage them to truly look to Jesus to find rest in him? Yeah, as I mentioned, I was um, raised in a Christian household as well, and I so often believed that I had to do, now the gospel doesn't say this, but I had to, I believe that I had to do all these things. We are all, whether, you, whether you're a child or an adult, um, you tend to think that you have to do certain things to become a Christian or to gain favor so that God can love you, and but, but that's not it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I know that... Um, Zwingli, one of the things he said was, this is a, a very common amongst all the reformers. It was basically all these laws given from Ro the Roman church is not in the Bible, mm -hmm. right? The scriptures are sufficient. We are called to have faith in God, mm. right? In accordance to what the Bible has said. We become Christians by having faith in what Christ has done on the cross and his resurrection. So if you are a child, if you're an adult, you can you should not believe by following certain laws or even doing good. And it's good, it's, it's very good to honor your parents. It's good, it's a very good thing to be a good person. But being a good person will not make you become a Christian. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's one of the things that I, uh, you know, as I was reading about Zwingli again, just his, his emphasis on scripture alone. And as you said, he did not necessarily say that Lent was wrong. He was just saying more so that to demand that you have to follow it the way some people were going about it to become, to gain more favor with God or even doing indulgences, right? Which was basically even before Luther, uh, well, he didn't know about Luther doing it too. He was, out of, he was in, uh, in, in Switzerland. He was also teaching the same thing against indulgences without actually knowing that Luther was doing the same mm -hmm. thing at the time. But he was also saying that it's wrong that, that, that you have to essentially give money to the Roman church in order to gain favor with God by reducing your punishments or in purgatory or your, your um, relatives um, punishment as well too in, you know, in purgatory, but yeah, you, you know, the only things, the only laws, the only rules that we need to obey is what the Bible says, not what other people say. Right. Right. And the great comfort as the Christian is that we can't ever keep God's law perfectly. It's not an excuse to dismiss obedience, but it is a reality of that. That is what we mean when resting in Christ. It is that Christ came and lived the perfect life. He kept every law. He did not violate one iota of the law. Mm -hmm. And in his death, which was completely unjust, we find God's wrath upon him when it should have been upon us. And so in his resurrection, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when he resurrects our hearts to now 
have his perfect righteousness, and to have a desire to want to obey, um, yes. and, 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 yes. and a desire to want to repent when we don't obey. Uh, because how can we, oh, holy God, who called us your children, who saved us, sin against you, it, it's not a fear of damnation now. It is just a, a sadness that we have brought dishonor to our precious Father. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, as you said, we can never perfectly follow God's commands. Uh, we can. The only person who's done that is Christ. So we, therefore, while we always strive um, to be righteous, we should strive to be holy in terms of in mm-hmm. our actions. Mm-hmm. The Bible is very clear that even our righteousness is like a filthy rag, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, or our, our, our good deeds. So it's good for us to pursue that, to obey God, but that is not ultimately what saves us. It is faith in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the great anthem, uh, the great truth that Luther found that he believes made him born again was reading Romans 1 there, the just shall live by faith alone. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Well, I am so thankful that you were able to join us, and it's been a real blessing to to talk with you. And, you know, as we think about Zwingli and sausages and meat, um, I'm thankful for this great story yeah. <laughs> because we all seem to enjoy good quality choice meats. Yes. Amen. Yes, we do. <laughs> Praise God for that. Even during Lent. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe especially during uh, Lent. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, brother, for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. This is the All Things Together podcast, and I just want to say we had a great time talking with Samuel. It was really encouraging to get to know him and to realize how like-minded we were in many ways. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, uh, do you know what time it is? <laughs> oh, do I smell sausages cooking? <laughs> time for sausages? Well, in a way... Well, yes, it is time for... Five Solas Media Presents As Told by Lil's Podcast Theater Zwingli and the Sausage Supper. Pastor Zwingli, what can I get you? Can I get the usual? Swiss mocha? Am I Swiss or am I Swiss? <laughs> <laughs> Make that too. My buddy Mark is here. All right, I'll bring you two. Where are you sitting? Over there by the fireplace. Ah, Zwingli, you don't have to buy mine. No worries, friend. Hope you like Swiss mocha. So, uh, what are you giving up for a Lent? Surely not Swiss mochas. Ha, no. But honestly, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. This idea that hardworking men are forced to not eat meat during the 40 days of Lent is just not found in the Bible. Yes, but it's the law. I mean, you could get arrested and put in the slammer. Besides, it's a way to show commitment, discipline, and get closer to God. But God's word is higher than the law of the church. No Christian should be required to do things that are not in God's Word. If you want to do Lent, do it. If not, then you shouldn't have to. All these laws about cheese and butter are nothing but a Roman swindle. A swindle? Really? Absolutely. As it says in God's Word, in Romans 14, 1-6, The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. in a country far, far away was a man named Ulrich Zwingli. He lived in a Swiss town called Zurich. Wow, those Swiss like their Zs. So Zwingli was a town pastor in Zurich, and thanks to the writings of Martin Luther, 
Zwingli was beginning to view the Christian life through the lens of Scripture alone. The Church of the Middle Ages added so many requirements not found in the Bible that burdened many. The Church falsely claimed these traditions and rituals would make people right with God. So, Ulrich Zwingli started to feel much conviction. One of those convictions was regarding Lent. Zwingli had a good friend who was a printer that held these same convictions named Christopher Froschauer. Hey Zwingli, come on in. Chris, how's the printing going? Ugh, it's been tough. You know, all these men working are fasting because of Lent. Yes, and even when they get to eat after three, they can't have meat after working hard all day. I know, right? So you know what I'm gonna do about it? What? I'm gonna cook up a bunch of sausages right here to celebrate the end of this printing. These men eat a good meal. Well, that's bold, but I like it. Will you come and help? Sure thing, count me in. Later that day, Zwingli showed up to the sausage supper. Zwingli, it's so good to see you. I'm glad you came to the supper. Well, I had to show up when I heard there would be sausages. By the way, I thought you may need more, so I stopped by the Piggly Wiggly and picked up a couple packs. Aw, oh, man. Thanks. That means a lot. I know what some might think with us serving sausages during Lent and all, but my workers are hungry. These men need protein. Chris, Chris. You know, if you look in the Bible, you won't find Lent and especially requiring participation of it by law. Well, here's an apron. I could use your help serving. At your service, brother. Ah, oh, meat, it's so good. Better than fish filet. Yuck. Even worse, tofu. Excuse me, who's in charge here? See, Mr. Policeman, I told you they were eating meat and on lint. You heathens. Mr. Bishop, sir, I said I would handle it, didn't I? Uh, yes. I think it must be Mr. Froshauer who owns this print shop. He's the culprit. Mr. Froshauer? Yes, sir. Did you put on this sausage supper? Why, yes, sir, I did. My workers have been working real hard. We need meat, so we're eating it. And Zwingli didn't even eat the sausages. See, you meat eater, lint breaker. And just because Zwingli didn't eat the sausages doesn't mean he didn't support this. He's here, isn't he? Mr. Bishop, I said I would handle this, didn't I? Pastor Zwingli, I want to hear it from you. Did you eat any sausages? No, I didn't eat the sausages. Yes, I am here, which means I am supporting eating meat, or the freedom to eat or not eat meat. Hmm, yes, that is the question, isn't it? Lent, to eat or not eat meat? Well, Mr. Christopher Froshauer, you're under arrest for putting on this sausage supper. Yes, sir, the sausage was worth it. The freedom to do this is even more worth it. Zwingli, thanks for coming and supporting this. You bet. I've got a thing or two to say about this. I'm already writing a sermon in my head. Come on, you sausage eater, let's go. So, the printer Christopher Froshaw was arrested for hosting a sausage supper during Lent. Lent was a period of time when the church fasted for 40 days, representing when Christ fasted 40 days in the desert. When Christopher Froshauer arranged a sausage supper for his workers, 
They were making a statement, and it was a statement that Ulrich Zwingli was very much willing to support and stand up for. Zwingli wanted to be clear that because the observance of Lent wasn't in the Bible, then it didn't need to be required by law to participate in. Zwingli preached a sermon on the freedom of eating sausages called Regarding the Choice and Freedom of Foods. To sum up briefly, if you want to fast, do so. If you do not want to eat meat, don't eat it, but allow Christians a free choice. If you have a lot of money and can eat fancy food and lead an easy life, you should fast often and abstain from food that excites you. But there are men who work hard all day in the fields. These men shouldn't be forced to fast when they need to eat meat. Despite the efforts of those in the Catholic Church to keep Zurich from reforming, Zurich was well on its way to reformation. On April 22, 1522, Christopher was released from jail. Christopher, brother, it's good to see you. How was jail? Ah, the food could have been better. They didn't even serve sausages. <laughs> you don't say. So I heard you preached a great sermon on the subject of the freedom of eating or not eating sausages. I'd like to publish it. That would be great. I'm hoping the word gets spread around and those who are under that burden can be freed. After all, fasting is not good for those who have to work hard all day. These extra traditions and laws don't bring us closer to God and they certainly don't justify us. Christ is our justification and righteousness. Therefore, our works are good only to the extent that they are of Christ. If they are of ourselves, they are rubbish. All right, let's do what we can do to spread the good news far and wide. The Sausage Supper was the beginning of the Reformation in Switzerland. As the reformers began to preach the Bible more, the canton of Zurich and its leadership started to stand up against the Church of Rome and its man-made laws. As those reforming in their beliefs came out of the Church of Rome, the people in Zurich began to experience more freedom. But as beliefs were sorted out, conflicts came as well between those who had different beliefs about how to purify the church from heresy. Though we are thankful for the way God used Zwingli to bring reformation to his country and influence many others after him to look to scripture alone, Zwingli was merely a man, a sinner saved by grace, with a passion for Christ. Now, all this talk about sausages makes me hungry. Hey mom, can we have sausages for dinner tonight? Well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, the most recent, brand new, fresh off the presses. Fresh off the grill. Fresh off the grill. <laughs> oh my goodness, those sausage puns are getting a little much. <laughs> As told by Little's Podcast Theater, we really enjoyed uh, working on that one, didn't we, Melissa? We were on the road when we recorded it with friends in Tennessee and in South Carolina. Yes, the voices were so cute. They were a joy to record. Zwingli and the Sausage Supper was written and produced by you and me, Troy and Melissa Lamberth. Yes, and a big thank you to our voices, Kylie as Zwingli, Leilani as the barista and the bishop, Hosea as Mark and the sausage eater, number two, Jeremiah as Christopher, Elena as the policeman, Owen as sausage eater one, and Benjamin as sausage eater three. And now for the big giveaway that we told you about. We have a few prizes for you that 
that are special for this Reformation Month. We're going to be giving away a copy of Crossway's Church History Study Bible. That's a Bible that we use a lot. Mm-hmm. Very, very I, helpful. I love that Bible. And our very own, produced here by Five Solos Media, John Knox DVD. That one is an incredible resource with not only the John Knox movie, but our John Calvin, our Martin Luther, our Katie Luther movies, plus a study guide, devotional with tons of downloadables and printables. And we're giving a copy away, aren't we? Yes, we are. And one more prize, our brand new, this one is hot off the presses and the grill. <laughs> our As Told by Little's podcast theater CD, it has six of our podcast theaters, our first six, and that adds up to about an hour's worth of entertainment, especially for you as you're driving down the road to grandmother's house for Thanksgiving or Christmas. This will be something really fun to win. Oh, perfect. And a few stickers. And a few stickers. Okay, so yes, it's quite a giveaway. As usual, head on over to our social media on our Facebook or Instagram and see our giveaway post to enter. We will also be giving away a free Zwingli coloring sheet. Just visit our show notes for the link. Hey, that sounds like a great deal. Folks, if you've enjoyed this show, please spread the news, tell your friends, tell your church, and let your family know as well. And we would really appreciate it if you would share the As Told by Little's podcast link on your social media pages. And please leave us a review wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Please let people know how much you're enjoying the show. And if you're interested in supporting our efforts and sharing the gospel through media, we are a nonprofit. And that means you can donate and get a write-off. And it's about the time of year where you do that. Oh, yes. December 31st is coming soon. And not only would you be blessed in blessing us, but you also get a tax write-off. So you can't beat that. Yes. When you're donating, you're helping us do things like this podcast, possibly more films, writing the curriculum we do. We're actually going to be releasing a VBS curriculum, Lord willing, come January. So you are supporting all that. And of course, our purpose is to further the gospel. To further the gospel in families like yours all across the world. So to donate and support all the work that we're doing, please visit FaiSolasMedia.com. That's FaiSolasMedia.com. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Melissa, what is this? This is All All Things Things Together Together Podcast. A production of Five Solas Media. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Ah, meat, it's so good. Come on, you sausage eater, let's go.